This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is... The K-12 Tech Talk Podcast, episode, I think, 105. Uh, I am Josh. Yeah, sounds right. I am Josh. With me, as always, is Chris. Uh, We have a fill-in tonight. You've heard him on here before. Welcome back to the pod, Eric. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Eric. Eric is filling in for Mark, who we cannot, we've been asked not to talk about what he is doing. He's on a special mission with the Secret Society. He has asked us not to uh, divulge any information. So, Mark, your secret is safe with us. Man, it's really hard to not crack a joke or something, Mark. Uh, So, Eric, thanks for joining us on such short notice. Yeah, uh, just got dinner on the table for the kids. And uh, you guys are like, let's do this. And so here I am. Yeah, (laughs) you're always you're always willing to jump on when Mark's a slacker. Chris, what's been going on this week? Anything? Snow, man. Yeah, snow. Oh, I will say I have um, the green room, Jeremy at somethingcool.com, who takes care of any number of uh, computer issues, security issues. He has security services and PII training services. He can sell you a server or two. He can sell you voice services. Um, he has stocked the green room again with a great bourbon for me from, uh, this is called Deer Hammer. Um, from Col- it is seriously it is it's it's uh, from the deer hammer from colorado they nicknamed this one pork steak because you can taste on the front end it's spicy and hot like a rye and then on the back end it's kind of smoky chris if you is were into real? bourbons yes it's i'm dead serious chris if you did were they into bourbons they did not but uh deer hammer if you are listening i would gladly take a case or two of bourbon so is uh, it like a hammer made out of a deer or a hammer that deer use? No, a deer made out of a hammer. Okay. Yeah. That Jeremy gave no me sense. an empty cup and told me to go get some snow in it. And then I just poured some soda on top of it. Make some snow ice cream. Yeah. So Thanks, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Josh, Jeremy, what happened to dry January? It's uh damp January now. Clearly, Saturated. I thought you were having some like Earl Grey over there. I thought Jeremy was stocking. No, I'm some tea. I'm hiding this in my coffee cup tonight. Um, no, thanks, Jeremy. If you want to get in touch with Jeremy, find out what other services he and his Cooligans offer. Email Jeremy at somethingcool.com. He's been with us for a while, so show him some love. Um, we'll talk later about an email address that apparently a number of listeners are showing the love to that. We're going to try our hardest to stay on task and not derail ourselves from the copy that we have been given to follow. <laughs> um, we can do we'll, it. Because we, we Mark talk. is who brings us down. Mark Mark is a troublemaker, and he is not here tonight, so there will be no bathroom jokes. Um, it's it, Bathroom humor, I believe, is the term. There will yep. be no bathroom humor tonight. We're Mark. different now. Um, we are... We are more adult-like without mark so very professional very professional that boston attitude um so it's it's very somber i feel like you know you guys are setting the tone that we can't make jokes well 
So what's what's the week been for you guys, Eric, Chris? What what how's it been? Well, you know what? Josh finally invited me to a Discord, and mm-hmm. uh, I I don't know how he gets any work done during the day. I got so much work done today. No, all seriousness, it's it's it was really great to hop in there and see everybody collaborating, and I got some answers to um, some stuff really quick. Just asking a quick question, and the community of people in K twelve Tech is awesome. I don't think there's anything like it. Yeah, they're all about uh, lifting each other up when you have a problem. Now, when you when you're not having problems and bantering, that's when they get the knives out and and go after you. But when you need help, they're more than willing to help. Um, we had a snow day this week. Chris, did you have a snow day? We're we had two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're down in the country. You get you get more snow days than we do. Um, so yeah, I took yesterday, got a bunch of paperwork done, um, got all of my E-rate stuff. My 471s have been filed. So nice. cross your cross your fingers and hope that this uh, fiber project goes well. We'll see. Um, where are you in your E-rate? Pro- you haven't done your 471s yet, have you? No, I'm reviewing them. I have proposals on the table, uh, reviewing those proposals. And then, but I'm, I'm in my way. I can make a decision now. Can you? I was pretty surprised. I went and looked yesterday. My internet 471. Now this is the third year for my contract for my internet. It already is wave ready, which I was. Oh wow! I was, yeah, I was That's shocked. Great. Um. So hopefully my other stuff goes uh, wave ready pretty quickly. We'll we'll be interested to see that. Eric, so are you an e rater? Well, th- this is what I, I'm I'm wondering here is like the e-rate listeners do we have like three kinds of e-raters like you have the josh e-rate guy who has Super filed this 470 yeah. <laughs> the right. first day it opened and he did walkthroughs the day after yep and <laughs> and then you got the guy who's like okay we're doing this in january and then you have me and i'm i'm like planning out the board meeting my 28 day schedule so that i get it in right before the day <laughs> That the 471 has to be filed. That's oh, wow. me. That's always really. Me. Oh yeah, and I don't know how it how it happens. I I really I'm not going to say is it on purpose every year. Or no, that's just kind of what happens. It's not on purpose, but it, I I guess I'm an e-rate procrastinator. I have I get ever, other stuff done, just you, not you, e-rate. You file your own stuff, your 470s and 471s. I, I have a consultant. Oh, I, you I mean, do? I, okay. I do, but I do all the all the legwork for everything i i could file it myself if i wanted to i guess um fred if you're listening i love you uh, <laughs> but but it's it's always good to have another set of eyes on it yes to take the fall when you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so chris are you in middle of the road are you early e-rater i wait till christmas break to do my 470s and then i let it happen as it does after that well and do you guys and usually to... it's february february board meeting is usually when things are finalized for 471s well, and you don't typically do rfps do you i think no I so i'm this. smaller school district uh kind of depends on what we're going for but uh the way our board policies are written up um sometimes i luck out where i don't have to do a full-on rfp so i give a narrative in my 470 and then i expect a bunch of emails with a bunch of questions uh, I'll still do walkthroughs if I need to do that. Again, that kind of depends on what the project is. But most of the time, I don't do a and and I don't I don't do a RFP with E rate. We again, depending on the project, we did with this uh, fiber project just because it was so big. 
and there are some kind of some statements and rules that you have to meet if you're going to file for part of that over category one, which, which we did. Um, so yeah, we did an RFP for the fiber. The other stuff, I just do a narrative and lay it all out in the, in the narrative and go from there. Yeah. Well, I have uh, additional 300 cat six drops. Uh, so oh my that's, gosh. that's one, um, that I'm working through. What the heck are you doing with 300 drops? Right. It sounds like I'm cabling a district for the first time, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I hope none of our teachers are listening, but I'm, I'm trying to prepare so that if we want to put phones in every classroom, we don't have that right oh, now. Oh, okay. um, interesting. So we okay. basically have a drop for an AP in every classroom and then another auxiliary drop. And um, that's just not enough. So, and everything's moving in terms of intercom to IP base. It, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a system out there that does two-way communication that is all the old 70 volt and 24 Carehawk. volt cards. Yeah. Carehawk. What's that? Carehawk. They will. Okay. They do. Well, I, I'm making sure I have some expandability and then we've got a huge camera project. I got buildings that are still oh, my goodness. coax yeah. cameras. So I know those are not E-rate eligible. And I, to everyone listening, I am filing those separate. <laughs> He's winking. He's winking. <laughs> No, it must be the season for camera stuff because I know, I know Eric, you and I have talked about it already. We, we did a a camera project in a building already this spring kind of off cycle, but Mm -hmm. I know of like two or three other districts that are looking at major camera projects this spring into next year. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of schools are looking that way. They've seen a lot of security risks and problems over the last year. And some ways people feel like their hands are tied because they can't fix all the emotional problems of society. And, you know, schools are looking at ways that they can proactively fix things. And I know cameras can be reactive, but you can put them in in a proactive manner and and set them up for good usage. So that's one of the things we're doing. That's a huge E-rate project. And then we we have every single switch in our district's got to get refreshed. And I think I I pieced it out today. It's over 50 switches that we got to replace. So again, that's another RFP. And also going through the whole process of upgrading firewalls so mm-hmm. all the above huh now maybe that's why i'm a procrastinating e-rater it's just right. a lot of pieces yeah it is um we i filed my 471 for ups's and i had heard a rumor that usac had been tough on people that were asking for ups's over the last three years and as luck would have it um i got a response or a uh, request for inquiry or inquiry, however, whatever they say, um, wanting more information as to what devices were going to be plugged into the UPSs that I'm asking for. So uh, that that trend is still holding true. Apparently this year, if you're asking for UPS, be prepared to give USAC a very itemized list of what will be plugged into those UPSs. They are wanting to make sure that the devices supported by those battery backups are indeed uh, offering service to I guess, I don't know how you'd put it, give internet access to the classroom or to students or, you know, that that you're not supporting uh, an office or a central office or, you know, a server with it. It it needs to be supporting internet access for end users. So, and I don't know if you guys have heard this, but one of our vendors who came to do one of the walkthroughs was talking about E-rate review. And he said that uh, USAC was sending out review asking what percentage of that switch was used for classroom connections. Yes. I know that they yeah. can ask that because that was the same deal back back in the day when, and you can still do it if, if you want to go for servers. But like you, you 
like what are you doing a server for? You got to say it's DHCP or DNS or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you had to try to say what percent you were actually doing, like what percent right. is DNS on that server, that kind of thing. I know our firewall applications always include like 70% of it gets covered because they make some kind of, uh, I mean, there are plenty of services on that firewall that aren't covered. It It's going to get real tough for me to start figuring some of that stuff out if, right. if you get reviewed, but yeah, play the game. Well, just, you know, it just, worth noting be prepared to give those itemized lists of of what is being supported by some of those you know switches or even ups's um so quickly we let's get to we have one we have a couple listener emails plus the the fortinet list uh email question of the day chris let's get to the first listener question yeah we have a listener email from jack uh basically wanting to know as far as device, student device, what your rotation plan is. Do you do every three years, four years? Do you lease? Do you buy? Uh, that kind of thing. And Eric, I know you're, you're iPad land, right? Yeah. Uh, so we can get some different answers on this. I'll go <laughs> first. Yep. Yeah, but if hating. you could buy iPads for everybody, you would, Josh, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll go first. Uh, we are typically on a three-year rotation plan for Chromebooks. Uh, we do Chromebooks. Um K-12, uh, and every three years, we we typically lease them. Uh, so we're sending them back uh, to the leasing company and refreshing those every three years. Usually, though, at our elementaries, sometimes, depending upon the, the year and kind of how it's hitting uh, with other buildings going on, we might buy elementaries to try to get four years out of them. Uh, in recent years, at the high school level, I've been buying three-year warranties as well. I think I mentioned this in the past. We're so we typically use Lenovo Chromebooks. We're a Lenovo shop, and we're a Lenovo self-maintainer, which means that we can fix our own Chromebooks that are under warranty. Therefore, it makes sense for us to buy the warranty because Lenovo pays us to work on warrantied. Yeah, because you got to work on them so freaking often. Um, That's that's money, (laughs) brah. So we historically we have uh, bought buildings at a time and tried to do them every three or four years, specifically the buildings that send devices home. Um, This year we have a new superintendent uh, and we have a new, both assistant superintendents and the one over finance has asked me to get into more of a rotational where we're buying a lump every year instead of every every three or four years. So what we're going to try and start doing is going forward. We're going to say, okay, every year we are buying sixth grade devices we are buying freshman devices those devices will follow those kids for the period of time that they are in their building the middle school and high school once those kids leave those buildings those chromebooks will be taken down to lower grade levels and used until they fall off of eol they will live in carts so in theory their life should be a little bit longer because they're not getting shoved in backpacks taking bus rides home that kind of thing so we're going to try this and see, um, I have released an RFP for uh, some Chromebooks this year, and I've requested that they have an EOL of 2030. I understand they probably won't make it to 2030, but that's kind of our goal is to hopefully limp those along long enough to where we can, after the kids leave those buildings, we can lower them down to a different grade level and see where that goes. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Eric, what do you do? Oof. I've done all the things. <laughs> so we have had devices in one building that stay in that building. They get moved back to that building. Um, we have had three different devices in production at times. Typically, we get four years out of an iPad. 
um, at this last year during COVID, we, we made some big moves and some big switches and we have our entire district on the same device. That was a really hellish month and a half. Uh, but I feel like it was one of the better things we've done having everybody on the same thing. So, um, it's just going to stay with that student for the next, uh, well, we're a year in, so two and a half years, we'll get three and a half years out of this round and, uh, surplus those and then have the new ones ready, uh, when they come in the next school year. So, so give us an idea how many kids you have. We have just over 2000 students. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of iPads. Yeah. And in the same vein of what Chris is doing, we, we have, we actually purchase Apple care on them and, a few years back, the value didn't seem to make sense to us. It just seemed like it was expensive because we paid a $50 deductible on each device, uh, but they lowered that to a zero, $0 deductible. Um, oh, wow. So, And the nice thing is the quick replacement. So we send a device in, we get one back the next day pretty much. So, Wow. Um, and there's no, I, I don't have to have anybody in-house to do the repairs. We could be Apple certified to do the repairs ourselves. And same with Chris and the Lenovo situation, Apple would pay us. It's just right now it makes sense to basically as the tickets come in, we send them off and then get another one back and uh, just have a couple extra to be able to to switch them out. But that's really streamlined things for us and made me sleep better. Apple snob. Yeah, Apple snob. Um, but, but really in the, in the grand scheme of things, what, what's an iPad costing you right now, Eric? Oh, so, um, for the first time since in the eight years that I've been doing this, we actually purchased the ones with cellular. Um, so that cost us more, it has longer residual value. I think with Apple care was, uh, I was right around 500 with case and Apple care and everything. Okay. Now, uh, at the end of the three or four years, I'm typically getting a hundred dollars out of them to sell them back to a, a surplus or asset company. And they're usually bringing almost the full value of what I can get because they're, they're covered under protection. So I'm not sending in broken devices that are just right. That's cool. basically going to be salvage. So, yeah. Interesting. I'm just trying to, in my head, doing the math on on what that cost difference is from a Chromebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I sat down with spreadsheets year after year trying to figure that out, and I I'd love to, you know, we could hash that out too uh, in terms of ROI and uh, right uh, total cost of ownership. It seemed to come out pretty similar, pretty close, and it fit with the district's philosophy. So. All right. Well, let's let's take our first break of the evening real quick. Uh, these will be words for one of our sponsors uh see us on the flip side extreme networks is with us as we press on in 2023 2022 was another banner year for extreme with the gartner magic quadrant they are the leader for enterprise wired and wireless LAN infrastructure for the fifth year in a row for all of your extreme networking needs reach out to Dominic Mayer that's D Mayer D M A Y E R at extremenetworks.com All right thanks for hanging through that ad without those ads from these sponsors we wouldn't be here well Eric wouldn't be here he's expensive tonight um <laughs> so let's get in we have another listener email let's let's hit that second listener email real quick Chris all right, this is from AJ. What's up, AJ? He says, uh, love the show. Uh, my district has been mostly using TVs and Chromecasts uh, for classroom displays for a few years. We've had smart boards, some short throw projectors, Prometheans as well. Uh, we're a Google shop. 
so they uh, he says that they've done some chrome some Chromecasting. Um, our lower elementary grades, K2, are asking for interactive displays to replace their non-interactive TVs. And then here's the questions. How do you go about choosing a solution? Is there a committee formed? How do you handle demos? Do you leave decisions up to a teacher? Uh, or do you uh, go with a cart when you can? Just unpack all of that. I feel like this could be an episode by itself. For sure. Um, without getting too much into the weeds of it. So a couple of years ago, we did a survey of our faculty because we still have, I'll say original smart boards, but they're not like the first gen smart boards, but they are the smart board with the panel on the wall that gets projected on with a projector. Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a survey of staff of like, okay, what's your willingness to move away from smart notebook and try something else. And we listed different, you know, like New Line and Promethean and stuff like that. Overwhelmingly, the people that that wanted interactivity responded back that they had to have Smart Notebook. And, and I tried to explain to them that, okay, the Smart Notebook version that we're using, and at the time it was like 18, um, is vastly different than the Smart Notebook version that is with these new smart interactive panels that is web-based and does all this stuff and no longer re- relies on Java or Flash or anything like that. But but regardless, they wanted to, they had it in their head. They wanted to stay with Smart Notebook. So that kind of drove the strategic direction as far as what interactive panels we looked at. And obviously it's only Smart Notebook at that or Smart Panel at that point. Um, we haven't done a whole lot because price is a huge factor with those. I mean, you're, they're not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. So when one dies is when we buy one, we haven't really taken the step of proactively replacing them yet because it's cheaper for me to replace a $500 projector than it is to buy a rather several thousand dollar interactive display. Um, so that's kind of where we are. Yes, we had teacher input. We had administrator input. Um, I had some input there and it, it, you know, what the teachers want and what they're willing to use kind of drives that conversation, regardless of what cost turns out to be for us at, with this project anyway. Chris, what do you got Eric? going? Oh, me? Sure. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't have anything interesting because my, our philosophy back to six, seven years ago, um, we pulled pretty much every single smart board out of the classrooms. Um, Did you really? Because, yeah. Uh, well, every That's teacher how they has... can afford the iPads. Yeah. Well, but, true. And, no. And quite honestly, um, I mean, we, we, we joke in tongue in cheek, but that was our thing. Like if we're going to do this, we're, we're going to simplify. And so everybody got an Apple TV, an iPad and a Mac. And so all teachers had the, had those three things that was part of their classroom. Cha-ching. Um, no, no smart boards. We took printers out of every classroom. Um, We basically all the other peripherals. And we said, these are the three things you get. And um, teachers got really good at at using their iPad to mirror and write on and walk around the classroom. And I've kept on a a rotation of about a $500-ish projector that I replaced on a four, five, you know, about five-year cycle. Um, And my whole thing with all all these boards, and I, I know... Uh, hopefully if there are any sponsors listening that have boards, I'm, I'm not trying to crap on the product. Hey, but... no, no bathroom jokes, Eric. <laughs> oh, he, you're like the content moderator here. So um, my, my whole thing is that 
I don't want to teach teachers how to use another whole nother piece of technology. So when these boards come in with their proprietary version of sure. Android, then there's a whole yeah. nother thing that they got to learn how to operate. So it just seems like it creates a lot of layers to me. And so for us, the simplicity is we're not going to be buying $3,000 boards. Um, yeah. The the money we invest is in their their technology that they have with them every day. I I love it. I mean, I, I don't like, I don't love the Apple devices and the, Apple TVs, but I, I love the, <laughs> I, I love that thought process of it, of, right. I agree. you know, you're, you'll, you're going to have the functionality of being able to draw on the screen and everything with the tablet, which, you know, I know a school district that's doing the same thing with surface tablets and Microsoft wireless, wireless display. So, you know, regardless of the modality of, of how you're actually doing it, it can be done a, mm -hmm. a couple different ways, but I, I love the idea of, of, you know, this is what everybody's getting. This is, this is the expectation. This is what we're using. And this is, we're going to, you know, this is our direction for the next couple of years. It makes it really good for the development piece because that's also me. So I live in the IT world and I also live in the the teacher training world. And um, in in terms of being able to say and and develop people around a product, it's really easy for them to even collaborate across the district on sure. being in similar technology. Eric, yep. did I miss? Did you say? I mean, did the tech department come up with that? Was that just an all you thing? Was that a committee or what? Oh, I, that I was... bet it was an Eric idea. I, that's that's got to be an Eric idea. <laughs> I cannot take credit for that. That was actually our, our superintendent um, who she, she said, here's, here's the carrot and stick. Um, you, this is what you can choose from. And she even gave him a year. She said, if you want to stick with your printer in your classroom and your smart board and your old PC that's tied to the wall. And that's another thing we don't have, we don't have PCs tied to the wall in any classroom. Um, so that's another thing I don't have to manage. Mm -hmm. She said, you can, you can take what we're giving you now. Um, or you can stay with what you have for another year. And out of 163 staff, 161 of them said, um, that they would go that way. And wow. within three months, those other two asked us for the technology that we were holding out on them. So it, from a change man management perspective, it actually worked out pretty well. Cool. That's awesome. Now, quick question, kind of non sequitur. Um, what are you using to manage those MacBooks and iPads? Are you using Jam for Mozile? So we were Jam customers, but we're now Mozile. Okay. And um, just in terms of the pricing is where we end up with Mozile. Yeah, sure. So, okay. And that's something um, Mozile's got their K12 One product that is going to include filtering, um, basically uh, EDR and built into the product uh, a bunch of stuff that's just included as a as a whole package so um that that's coming this next year it's kind of in a beta phase right now but it's kind of interesting well, for apple schools we just lost jamf as a sponsor <laughs> but go ahead chris what are you uh yeah so i would say we did run um our interactive whatever decision through a committee so i still do a technology plan every like four years uh we run that through a committee uh principals on there we get some teacher input that kind of thing um so we currently for elementary um our thing and i think you guys said the same thing we want the same set of tools in every single classroom uh, yeah. so at the elementary level we landed on smart boards uh, and continuing smart boards. So a lot of our, or all of our classrooms already had smart boards. So now as they die, we're replacing them. 
uh, getting those refreshed. Uh, and then when we go to secondary, middle school on up, uh, we do Epson. Uh, is it Epson Bright Link? Yep. Bright Link. That's uh, the program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have those in every classroom, short throw projectors. And then a teacher can in secondary uh, ask for the smart software to be installed. That smart software works with those Epson uh, interactives. So we do some of that as well. See, my our faculty did not like we we had some construction a couple of years ago and we ended up with some several of those interactive Epson projectors and they did not like them. So it's we interesting. banter about um ditching those. Yeah, really? Here's here's what happens. Teachers rotate around, then you get a teacher that doesn't use that thing at all. Yep. And then it feels like a total waste of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about whether or not we should, you know, press on with that in that room. Uh, but if you're sticking to the plan and knowing that that teacher might leave and a new teacher comes in and she wants to use that thing, uh, we just keep sticking to the plan. We're going to, I don't care. I do care a lot. I don't, but I, I don't care if the current teacher is using all the tools as far as what I'm putting in there. I'm making sure the teacher has those tools. Yeah. No matter if they're going to use them or not. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. could banter about, let's just do a big TV. Like there's a lot of me, a lot of me that wants to, think that we could ditch a lot of that stuff yeah i mean i just put an 86 inch tv in our library and i think it cost me 1300 dollars. and you know a few years back an 86 inch tv would have been four thousand five thousand dollars but you can start getting up in there and have wireless mirroring capabilities built into the tv which i don't recommend connecting any of those tvs to your network but but that's that's the idea if you have some some way to wirelessly cast whether it be uh, uh just one Miracast device or something like that. There's some great things you can do and not be tethered. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about the Google meet zoom uh, interoperability? We got an email from listener Mark. I think, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's from Boston. Um, He said something about Google and, and Google meet and zoom working together. But first, A word from a sponsor. Classlink is a sponsor of the show. Visit classlink.com and check out the K-12 section to see how they can help you. My tagline for them is like clever, but better. They do a launch pad of apps and websites, file sharing, rostering, and one sync, multi-factor, different login options and analytics. They can help you and your teachers manage logins and accounts. I'm going to put a link in the podcast description that talks about a school district in Michigan and how ClassLink helped them streamline access and regain instruction time. Check out ClassLink. That was good, right? I was going to wait, but okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Google Meet and Zoom achieve bilateral, what's that big word, interoperability. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, I think listener Mark is big on that term interoperability. He says that junk all the time. A lot. Uh, He sent us this uh, article, but basically, I guess Google and Zoom had announced this a while back about they were going to get their stuff together so that uh, you can be on Google Meet or be on Zoom and you can join the calls together. So the quick line in this article, we'll put it in the podcast description, but basically Google's now letting you hop on a meet call from a zoom room uh, and, or use meet hardware for zoom calls. So we're getting some, some worlds colliding here. Finally, 
cats and dogs living together. Which is pretty wow. cool. I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with teachers. We push them to use Google Meet because we're a Google school. Yep. Uh, and they're like, hey, I'm having somebody on, but they really want to use Zoom. We support Zoom fully, but we always try to steer the teacher towards Google Meet. This fixes all those problems, maybe. Yeah. Or at least starts down that path of resolving them. So um, it's it's like just using a common protocol. like Right. Zip. Yeah. No, you're I mean, they, exactly right. They probably right. could have done this years ago. <laughs> Well, Mark, listener Mark, we thank you for the email. I actually, I think that was a text. Um, last week, we talked about going down rabbit holes, and the subject was around what getting around web filters. Well, again, today in Reddit, there was another um, column or whatever, whatever those things in Reddit are, or in Reddit are called, uh, post about a web filter get around list that a student had shared a Google Doc and somehow mm. someone in the K-12 sysadmin Reddit uh, sub got access to or got the link to this Google Doc. And it is probably hundreds of links to different websites that act as more or less proxies or get or try to get around filters. So in, in the realm or in the in the mindset of going down rabbit holes, how far do you guys... How how far will you or will you ask your guys or your employees, guys is the wrong term, your employees to chase this rabbit hole? Reasonable. Ten minutes, okay, block the main yeah. the main dock if you can. I mean, are you gonna go through the trouble of trying to block all couple hundred websites? Well, we use managed methods. Um if we have something like this, we can go in and, and find the file and be able to quarantine it or pull it from all drives. Uh, so if they are owning it, uh, that that's a quick avenue to that for us. Uh, it just takes a few minutes or a few seconds. I, I don't know that I would go through the process of blocking every single one of them. Manage Methods isn't a sponsor right now. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's it's retroactive. Um <laughs> how far are you going to chase hey, us I, I, w- I was actually not trying to um talk about being like a like a sponsor i was just saying that it's a, it's a uh, resource we use so. we know we you called managed methods before you came on say hey guys <laughs> um so kind of funny that this is being brought up because so i've talked about this a little bit before i have that tsi program tech support yeah. interns a bunch of high school middle school kids um i do some stuff with um I do after school robotics uh, stuff, middle school, high school kids. I do some other stuff with youth in our community. So kids will talk to me about tech problems. Um, Sometimes with my tech director hat not being on. uh, So in the last week, uh, and my wife was actually standing near me and she got on to me. um, I had a young lady ask me, she was walking with her cell phone. She said, Hey, what's a, what's a good VPN I should use? Oh, geez. <laughs> and my tech director hat instantly went on. Um, and I went dad mode telling her about, don't do that. That's a tech violation. Don't, don't ever put that on your phone and make me end up pulling a report that puts you into the principal's office and blah, blah, blah. Uh, my wife said, I did not handle that well. Um, <laughs> that was a good student just asking me for advice. And then I, destroyed her um and all the peers that were around her in that moment were all like oh my gosh <laughs> um but uh 
that has made me think and and I've unpacked that a little bit more talking about my wife Stephanie again. We have a lot of good kids that don't know that these things are necessarily like wrong for whatever. And right. and, and I right. I argue this too like they they're they're using things like that to get to websites that they know they can't get to. Right. That should be your check like you should know that that's wrong. Uh-huh. Like you're you're going around something, but they're not seeing it the same as I do as a tech director in the tech department. Like that's insta wrong tech violation. They're just more seeing it. Oh, I can't get to that. How can I get to that? Yeah. And they're going around it. So I've I got to give it time now. But seriously, this week I've talked about I'm going to have to try to address the student body with like explaining VPNs, explaining this stuff again, because I think it's going around our school um VPNs and how to get around stuff. Really? Even even yeah, and even though they they're not seeing it as like bad. Yeah. You know, they're trying to get to the like the better version of YouTube. You right. know what I mean? They're they're or trying TikTok. to get to to tick yeah. They're trying to get to just they're not looking at porn. They're not right. going to bad right. websites. Right. They're well, trying TikTok to get the websites bad, that they but... want to right. They're yeah. trying to get the stuff that they want to get to. Mm-hmm. So rather than me chase all these rabbits, I need to come up with something that tries to address that with students, with educating them on on that. Because it's kind of a VPN has become a buzzword. Really? Uh, in, in, in my school district. And it's been kind of weird. I'd say in the last month, um, I've heard more kids talking about VPNs than I ever have before uh, for years. For on, on their on their school Chromebooks? Well, or on their cell phone, and they're trying to get on our. So we have guest Wi Fi. Oh, yeah. They'll jump on okay. guest Wi Fi. They can't okay. get even. Even my daughter's dance team, as an example, uh, they can't get to Spotify or whatever really well on guest Wi Fi. So they're trying to figure out VPNs or whatever to get around that. Wow. Interesting. And again, they're not, they don't, they're not seeing that as like, they just think, oh, my phone, I guess Wi Fi doesn't work. It doesn't let me get to this website. Or this app, or whatever, and they're and not I, seen as the bad thing. I had a, a third grader run into me yesterday, and he goes, "Are you are you tech?" I said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 part of tech." Yes, and he just, "Are you tech?" And and I said, "Yeah," and he goes, "You know, thanks for my device, uh, but why do you put all these blocks on it?" <laughs> and and he very innocently said, "Can you unblock blah blah blah?" And I was like. Well, what does that do? And he goes, you know, it's a game site. And I don't know why you're not. Lit. And and it was just very innocent. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to work through. With did you yell kids. at him like Chris did this, this girl <laughs> with did. the VPN? I raised well, my voice. I, I am. I'm new year, new me. Oh, I am, okay. I, I am working through, even with my own children, the love and logic um, parenting method. So you, you <laughs> let them fail. You let them fail. <laughs> Let them feel the consequences. Uh, but but in all seriousness, I think you're right, Chris. The the kids are just they're just trying to get to the better version of the internet that for some reason, just by right. nature of them being yeah. in school, they can't get to. And yeah, because one of the jerk, things jerk Chris blocks it. Yeah, my yeah. son was standing there and he was like it was it was a it was a deal in this house. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so so then Stephanie's <laughs> like, Chase was what chase what do you think did he come off hard and he was like yeah that was stupid (laughs) (laughs) oh you're the hard tech director oh welcome to the club chris (laughs) well the the logic piece of it for the kids is this 
they think they're getting to a better version of the internet and they are being more private and more secure than before. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as they sign up for that free VPN service, right? right. Free, they they become the product. And uh, that's something that they don't they don't realize. And I I, I end up going into a, our high school classrooms every year and and just talking about um, privacy and cybersecurity for our high schools high schoolers to understand. And are like, wait, you mean the VPN service that I'm using? could be selling my data. Oh yes, very much so. Um, and the other thing that's funny to me is that kids think that all their traffic is hidden with a VPN. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we had an instance a few years back where we had a kid make a threat. And um, I tell you what, once you, once you get the FBI involved, uh, things just start flowing. Um, <laughs> and, and we were starting to get IPs and search warrants and all kinds of stuff. And what we, we tracked it down to a, a a kid had used an IP or a, a VPN to hide his IP when he hopped onto Twitter with this fake account he created and made the threat. But at one time, he wasn't on his VPN when he logged into that, and we we're able to trace it right back to where he was. Um, but it, it's just kids don't know, and they and they they really think that it's just this magic bullet for them. Yeah. Well, and what they don't realize is all the VPN is is you're on someone else's network or someone else's computer. That someone else or that person still has those logs that they're mm-hmm. seeing it, it's Chris may not be able to see what, what that student is doing, but the guy, the VPN that's that student is using is able to see what they're doing. So there really is, there still is no anonymity on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's no privacy. It doesn't exist. Right. And I think that's what a, a, students have a hard time grasping just because they haven't been exposed to that idea. Well, I think what sucks, and this is what I've impacted in the office a little bit, we we are a school district that tries to give guests Wi-Fi and let yeah. let students have their cell phones, you know, on a different network and all that stuff. If this stuff continues, that's going to make us turn all that stuff off. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, we've you know we I I would like to be the school that lets a guest that lets a student that lets a staff member bring a personal device and they have a place that they can get some internet access. But if but I have to be able to control that network. I have to be able to control that content. So that that's the bummer, and that's why I think okay. This goes back on me to try to educate. I've missed something here or something mm-hmm. has changed. Yeah. And I'm play devil's advocate here. Uh, in terms of SIPO, right? Um, yeah. We are required to filter their devices that we provide. Um, I think it's the internet period, isn't it? If we provide mm-hmm. internet, internet access, <clears throat> it, we are filtering the internet. That's why... Um, I, I believe it was AT&T FirstNet when we were looking at them during the COVID shutdown. Um, they were touting that they had that filter that was SIPA compliant because we were the district was providing Internet access to the students home. We had to provide the filter to go on top of that. And it was your device that the Internet was being provided on, right? It was and it was a hotspot that we were paying for. This is where I feel like I, I'm trying to unwrap this if it's a gray area like somebody else bringing a device onto our network um that is not ours are we required to filter that uh hi annette i would (laughs) yeah (laughs) just give me a look um i would say yes just for the the idea that you don't want someone from the outside coming in and saying oh look what i got to on the guest network you know like the guest network in our in our district is even more heavily filtered than 
our standard networks in the in the district. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So, and I'm I'm pulling this up right now. Uh, this is from my Google search. Maybe I should ask Chat GPT. Yeah. Uh, SIPA does not apply to patron-owned computers and devices. Interesting. Uh, this is from Library Guides from ConnecticutStateLibrary.org, and I've seen this multiple places. And, and I, I've I've asked the question because in turn because we I, if I can trace this back like Mark does a really good job of, um, where did we start? How did we get here? <laughs> uh, it it what to what level of rabbit holes are we going down to uh, right. make sure that we uh, we're required by SIPA or federal requirement if we're receiving e-rate funds to to filter those devices to the letter of this law right and and I'm I'm not I'm not here trying to say um I mean every diff- district's different but to what extent do we then go seek out to make sure students aren't using VPNs like what, what bandwidth yeah. do I have to do that? Right. Um, I've put in reasonable protections for their devices and done my best. And if they're deciding to use those things, is it my responsibility to go punish them for using it? I know it says in their tech agreement, if they're using it, it's, it's against the rules, but I, I don't, I just don't have the time to enforce that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manpower. Mm-hmm. Chris, talk about K-12-6 real quick before we take another break. Yeah, so K-12-6 conference, that's coming up February 22nd and 23rd. It's in Austin, Texas. Mark and I, Down without the Josh. ATX. Huh? ATX. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Oh, my bad. Josh, I don't think you're going. I don't I think feel... so. Mark you and I, we're going to meet for the first time. We're going to hug. Em- embrace. And in person? Yeah. Yes, in person. Have you for not first met time. in person? No. Really? Wow. I've never met Chris in person. I thought you guys had been on Mark's sailboat. Well, he was on. We were on one, and Mark and he, and Mark was on the other. Oh, okay, and we he, almost he, touched hands. You you yeah. reached your hands out. It, it was one of those moments and, where you tried. Yeah, and then he had his driver take him away. Um, <laughs> anyway, pour me another mimosa. February twenty second, twenty third, Austin, Texas, K twelve six conference. Mark and I are going to be there. We're going to talk about 10 things we've learned from the ransomware interviews that we've done on the pod. Uh, they say they have like 22 states, 20 like people from 22 states coming literally coast wow. to coast. Wow. Uh, there's even like someone from like New Zealand coming. Oh, yeah. One uh, of their speakers. Yeah. So pretty cool. I'm 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 excited about it. That's cool. Uh, going, Josh. Well, maybe I'll take maybe. Hey, can I get the keys to the Midwest Tech Talk jet? Can I? Uh, we're a little low on fuel. Oh, um, so yeah. If you are in Austin, or if you are going to K twelve six, or you're on the fence about attending K twelve six, Mr. Doug and his folks are putting this on. This is, I believe, their first inaugural K twelve six conference, and uh, it will be in Austin, Texas, home of great barbecue, great music, a lot of really cool nightlife in Austin. Go have some fun. Go find Chris. Go find Mark, and uh, tell us. Look for some stickers. Look for some will, stickers. Will there be any bounties for people who get pictures? You never know. We'll have knowledge? to. We'll have to. We'll we'll have to work that out. We'll we'll see. 
and they're giving us a table and stuff. Like we're legit. We're gonna do some interviews and and hang out, have a good time. Now, yeah. did anybody get pictures of Mark? We while have he was at his top secret event that we're not talking about, even though you talked about it last. There's been week. one. There's been one tweet. <laughs> there's been two, wasn't there? Oh, there's two? two. I don't know. Yeah, Mark or no, Mark sent us one that some somebody's I guess from California. I don't know. We, oh yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's been two, but we can't talk about any of that. Um, so let's take another quick break for a sponsor. We'll be right back. Provision Data Solutions is a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. They can help you with all of your networking and firewall needs, including Fortinet. They're big sponsors of the Midwest Tech Talk conferences as well. They'll be at the Security Symposium in March and the Tech Conference in July. Visit MidwestTechTalk.com for information about the conferences. All right. We appreciate those sponsors hanging with us uh, through our silliness. Um, so a couple other things here we'll, real quick. Over the last week, I uh, I got a wild hair to look at chat GPT's terms of service. And, you know, uh, someone I was on LinkedIn earlier tonight and and someone made a comment. It, it's, it's interesting to see all of these uh, influencer type ed tech folks posting on Twitter and all the socials about using chat GPT in the classroom. Um, and there, there are some interesting uses in theory. However, if you look at the terms of service for chat GPT, there is a very clear statement. I think it's one of the first paragraphs that you have to be 18 years or older to create an account to use chat GPT because they considered a binding contract. And of course, you know, age of majority. Yada, yada, yada. So well. that I, I, I will take the stance. Um, that is yet another reason why we have blocked chat GPT for our district, um, for our students as they, according to the terms of service should not be using it. Gentlemen. Okay. I, I can get behind you for that sole purpose. I have been against blocking it because my whole thing is if they're going to use it, they're going to go home and do it. Sure. Like, yeah, they're, they're oh. not going to do it in front of a teacher. And well, maybe some of them have a goal to do that. But um, I, I, I'm with you, Josh. I saw some of your posts there on LinkedIn um, asking people like, hey, you're, you're encouraging the use of this. But did you know? Did yeah. you know? Yeah. I, and I, I got to stir it. I, I got to stir it, man. I got to stir it on LinkedIn. I appreciate that. I, I can get behind teachers using it and talking about the benefits of AI right. and sure. the fact that, you know, I just wrote my lesson plan today on ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked it, kids, thank the computer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I. I for, from teacher led and from the perspective of that, I, I had plenty of emails this last week and I even had one of our instructional coaches saying, what are you doing about this? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. But it's, I think it, it has the potential to wreck Google. <laughs> yeah. And change the world. Yeah. And, and do some, some really crazy cool things. And I don't know if it was Mark who said it in a previous episode, but is this the, the calculator to writing? Sure. We, what the calculator was to math years ago, we said, all right, nobody's going to be able to compute. Um, you still got to look over it and still, if you want it to be a, a good human reading document, and there are some good resources out there to, to try to analyze it like GPT zero. Have you guys played around with that? Yeah, I played with that. It is not accurate. So I, hate to say I, it. I, I threw something in there and it, it, it 
it said with high confidence that it it was uh, going to be AI generated. But are you saying that you put in some human generated content? Both. I, I put in uh, the song that I had it right for K-12 Tech Talk. And it said uh, 0% that it was not, it was 100% uh, human input, 0% oh, wow. chat GPT. And then I put in something like an email, text from an email I wrote. And it said like 50, 50. That um, confirms it. I always knew you were a computer. Yeah. I mean, I, I am 50, 50% computer. <laughs> um, I'll let you guess which 50%. Um, so to me, <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? I draw your own conclusion. Um, <laughs> to me, this is a larger conversation and let's where's okay. Let me pose this question. Remove the you must be 18 years old because it's really hard to argue against that, right? Because these stu our students are not, except for seniors and not all of them, they're not 18 years old, right? So let's remove that piece of the terms of service. If there is a statement in there that says uh, to comply with terms of service, your account is your account only. That account should not be shared with anyone slash third party for use. If a class is attempting to use that as a generic account, you know, one person creates an account and that account is used as the class because the class is not 18. If the teacher creates that account because the teacher is over 18, where's the line? Is that acceptable to you to allow that to take place? Do you raise a flag and say, look, it's technically against terms of service. What are we teaching? What are, what are we showing students as acceptable use for attempting to adhere to terms of service and being good stewards? You guys, you guys get what I'm trying to pose yeah. here. Yeah. What, where's that line with you guys? Where, where would you take that? Good talk. Chris. <laughs> As soon as I see the 18th, and I know you put that off to the side, but um, that makes a decision as far as content filtering goes for me. Yes. Too. Just, it, it reminds me of, um, is it Google Earth? I think it's another one of those 18 I think so. controversy yeah. or whatever. Um, and middle school kids get really bummed out about that. I don't let them, let them get the Google Earth anymore. Any, any, basically, and it's, it's similar to like your Netflix or your Hulu, whatever, uh, that shouldn't be used at school. It's for home use only, that kind of thing. I think we have a job beyond just content filter, bad stuff. Um, we have to apply to the, or we, we have to let the, the things we thought the terms apply to us. Mm -hmm. So if blocking it or making it not happen upsets a teacher, but it's, it's the right thing. It's the ethical thing. I think that's one of those deals where we're, we are helping facilitate learning about ethics and all that kind of stuff. Well, and, and, and digital citizenship is the word that I was searching for a minute ago and yeah. can come up with. To me, this, this goes along with digital citizenship is adhering to or following a vendor's terms of service and not going out of your way to get around that terms of service. Mm -hmm. Eric, would you like to play devil's advocate? Or are you going to play? Or are you going to be on our well, side? Well, I what I'm going to say about this is that I'm not going to block it for my teachers. Uh, I'm not good. I never. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and I I'm not going to ever encourage that a the teacher create a specific account and then share those credentials with students. That that opens up a whole world of bad things that can happen. 
because then you've got another account out there that if uh, an account like that has some messaging feature in it that also right, could right. Uh, expose the students to some something in the outside world and now they've got that login on their device. I'm, I'm not for that. I would be for if a student had a piece of work that uh, they wrote and the teacher wants to facilitate putting it in their account to to analyze it. But the teacher um, is actually doing that, not the student using right, the teacher right. account. Yeah. But then there's a whole other aspect to that that you would have to make sure there's not PII involved in this document that the the student is sharing with the teacher that's then being put in there because then we have to ask ourselves do we have a standing data agreement in place with chat gpt yeah. that says that they're not going to sell this data or use it for for um, nefarious purposes or for advertising or whatever right um, so i i mean i have student data privacy concerns around it as with all of these things but um I, i'm not really gonna i'm not gonna fight this one too much i i probably going to go back and and drop those into the block list so i'm going to credit that to you josh because there's yeah no so reason just tell this. you yeah tell your third graders when they can't get to chat gpt that the jerk named josh who has a a condo at the lake don't give him my <laughs> condo's address they josh can't go the mess jerk. up my boat mm-hmm. um yeah no tell them it's josh's fault Wait, do you have a sailboat i do not have a sailboat i have a redneck pontoon try to nice yeah i heard a song about that didn't they yep Oh, try to oh. I try <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I think Chuck Berry sang it um, I feel, you bring a red solo cup out on that thing don't you oh you bet yeah. oh boy yeah I'm a wave runner um, let's see we have gone really long already so um, Fortinet, Fortinet let's let's get to the get Fortinet Fortinet question <laughs> of the week <laughs> Why are you saying it that way? I am pronunciating. All right, Fortinet, if you have any interest in any Fortinet product that we talk about, you can email Fortinet Podcast at Fortinet.com. That's Fortinet Podcast at Fortinet.com. If you email email. that, we figured out that goes to Chris um, Illingworth. Uh, He's who gets that email. Um, Send him an email. Let him know that you're listening to us, that you're (laughs) wanting to learn more about Fortinet, learning about all about Fortinet products. Uh, All of their products, every that, single one of them, that, and there's, there's a lot of them. There are, in, and, yes. In, in in particular tonight, we're going to talk about Fortigate. Uh, that's their firewall, their next gen firewall. Uh, several. We're from Missouri, Josh, I, and Eric. Show are. Me. Several Missouri yep. schools use Fortigates. Josh, you have a Fortigate, I believe. You betcha. Uh, a next gen firewall. All about that. Here's the question: security segment question of the week. Um, a little bit of opinion mixed just with some facts. What makes a next gen firewall a next gen firewall? Hmm. Pop, pop quiz. So you, do you have the the correct answers in your no. in the little sleep? Oh, okay. we get freedom here. Okay. To me, you got the freedom uh, last week too. So hey, hey, <laughs> sh- sh- as with <laughs> Kim, if you're listening, it won't happen again. <laughs> uh, as with as with EDRs like 40 EDR, um, I think there are certain things that come along with that next gen because you know EDR is supposed to be the next gen. To me, what Fortinet brings to the table that, that is classified as next gen is their logging and their response to um, a not they call it in their in their reporting anomalies and intrusion prevention. Um, I think I've told this story on here before, so I won't get real deep into it. But their ability to stop DDoS attacks and and let's say uh, 
damaging scans to me is a next gen level over other firewall providers that I firsthand experienced um, that the FortiGate can just chew up, spit out and not worry about. Um, to me, that's that's next gen. That's that's one of the things that Fortinet brings with the FortiGate next gen firewall. I, so and I, Eric, you can speak to that without digging Fortinet. You can you can. Well, no, and I, I've actually spent quite a bit of time with the Fortinet product over the past few weeks. Um, and something I think that's really interesting that you you get with the FortiGate is you're you're going to be it, it's a different model for how you're going to set up your network. Uh, depending on how you do it, th there's really the potential of putting all your layer three or all your routing there at the firewall, which is not something a lot of us do. We have a, a layer three switch that sits in a right. core, um, but you can do all of that there at the FortiGate and be inspecting east west traffic as well as the north south traffic. And so that's bringing a whole nother level of clarity to what's on your network and in terms of what you're able to filter, the tags that you're able to add to each of your devices, um, the, the ZTNA tags down to, uh, does this device have a registry key, this registry key, or does it start with this MAC address? And if it does start with this MAC address, it only gets to this one server. So um, I... I know that doesn't necessarily fall into the the realm of what next gen firewall is, but it's a different way of thinking that I think that FortiGate's uh, bringing something really cool to the table. You know, I just had an idea, a product idea. The mm. fact the <laughs> it, it's fine. North north. I'm just gonna. I'll I'll just say this: north, south, east, west. That made me think of a compass. They need they need to come up with a product and name it a, compass? A, 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 shh, around a compass. Just I'll just leave it at that. That would be a cool name. Chris, go. What's next gen? I was going to say next gen. If you're still thinking about firewall and just <laughs> what ports are open or shut, that's not next gen. Uh, next gen, if you're getting vendor neutral with this, you're talking about does it have, well, talking about AI stuff. Can it do some stuff where it's making decisions for you? Uh, do you have deep visibility on what applications are being used, what users are doing, what devices are up to? Uh, any of that stuff where it can, where your firewall can learn your environment, learn what should be coming in or going out. Uh, that's when you're really getting into what a next gen firewall is. And that it has a compass. A I compass. think I don't know of another fire. I don't know of a firewall product or a, like a security product on the market that has a name that deals with like a compass. Cause you know, everybody uses the term North, South, East, Here we West. Go. Here we go. I really think people are missing out on the name compass. We, that need someone, I need to trademark that. I'll start. I'm just leaving. Can we I'm run leaving it the pod? That. I'll let you do that. Can I just say, I really Another do DBA. appreciate Fortinet's naming conventions. Can I, can I say that? Let's just wrap this up. Eric. <laughs> I, I, I always know what to search <laughs> when I'm looking for products. That is true. That is very true. Um, all right. This was episode 105. <laughs> we're just going to, we missed Mark. We, Mark, we, we miss you. Eric, Mark. you're great. Yeah. Eric, well. yep. Until you made Fortinet mad again. This is week Listen, two. This was good. Yeah. Eric won't be back. Fortinet. Er, Eric's yep. not. Kim, Eric's, Eric's not, done. Hey, Eric's, listen, they don't pay Eric's me gone. anything. That's why Mark Mark's really not on a special mission. He's we've, suspended. We've suspended him <laughs> for his behavior last He's on week. administrative leave. <laughs> that 
the joke about the car was awful. Um, oh, yeah. Mark I, is Mark is I suspended. Probably laughed hardest at that one. Uh, personally, yeah. So now it was, Eric, it was the delivery, Mark. It was the delivery. Eric, it was suspended. Botched, but good. It was so good. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't land. I mean, it did land, but it landed for me. Crash. We'll see if if Mark is allowed to come back next week. So that was episode one hundred and five. Please share us with uh, your friends, your your uh, coworkers, your meeting groups. Uh, we appreciate the word of mouth. Our listens have gone up pretty significantly since the first of the year, and we attribute that to the listeners. Um, really, we haven't done anything different. We're continuing to pump out these podcasts, these episodes, and putting it out on the same streaming services we always have. The only thing that's changed, I believe, is uh, word of mouth from our listeners. So please. Keep, keep it up. We do see the the significant change. We have quite a bit more overseas listeners uh, in the last two weeks, which is pretty dang cool. Any closing thoughts tonight, Chris see or ya. Eric? Um, Eric, be careful. Thanks, guys. Be All right. careful. Um, yeah, the bots are out there. The bots are out there. I'm 50% AI. That's where all your new users are coming from. So, oh, bots. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, k12techtalkpod. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening.